y'all enjoying this new winter? Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm about at the place where either come or go, one or the other, amen? Either get it on and let's get us some snow here or let's have some, let's have some sunshine, amen? All right, grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, we're going to start to begin. It's been, been a crazy, crazy week this week. I had a, 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 a point I left out of the outline, and we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, so it's a little typo, but I'll tell you what it is so you can just write it in there and have it there. Uh, but we're, we're in Psalm 119, verses 1. I didn't give you guys that back there, too, so I've been falling down on the job all day. Now, here's what I want you to do. Everybody, grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. If you have your Bible in your hand, I want you, I want you to hold it up or have it where you can see it real good, all right? Uh, if you can hold it up, hold it up. And, and I want to I do something. I want you to get something. <clears throat> I want you to understand that this is the closest thing you have to heaven. Now, do you understand that? This is the closest thing that we have to heaven. The closest thing we have to God is His Word. Are y'all with me? What you have in your hand has come out of heaven. And it is what God wants you to know about Himself. Now you say, well, well, what if the Bible, what does the Bible not say about God? Whatever He don't want you to know. Are y'all with me? Whatever He wants you to know about Him, He put in here. Okay? And last week, if you'll remember, we started talking about having a devotional life. A devotional life, the time you spend with God, your intimate time, the time where you're alone with God, not y'all, not family devotions, not couples devotions, but you and God. God is an intimate God. God is a personal God. God is a one-on-one God. God is a God. He doesn't save y'all. He saves you. It is a personal relationship. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, we went, through the, we went through the lesson, we talked about prayer, and we talked about Bible reading. I told you this week, I want to go into more detail about the Bible, about the Bible and what we're going to do there. So, if you need a lesson, if you need a lesson, raise your hand real high. They're going to make sure you get these real quickly. They're going to pass these out uh, right here in the middle. Got several in the middle right here. All right. Chad, you didn't get one for your wife. Man, what's wrong with you, man? All right. <laughs> All right. Raise your hand real high, real high. Make sure you get one up in the balcony. We good in the balcony? All right, we good. There we go. All right. Holding the fort down, Dave. You got it under control up there. All right, here we go. Psalm 119 and verse number 1. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, when you see the word law, when you see the word scriptures, just say my Bible. Okay? Blessed are they undefiled in the way who walk in the in the Bible. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. That's the Bible. Are y'all with me? And that seek him with the whole heart. What are we doing when we want to be intimate with Christ? When we want to get to know him better? We're seeking him with our whole heart. Are you with me? Say amen. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Ways, the Bible. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts. That's the Bible. Diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. That's the Bible. Y'all with me? So, so far we've had the the law, testimonies, uh, uh, his ways, uh, his commands, his precepts, his statutes. All of these are in reference to God's word. Then shall uh, shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments, which is your... I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, all right, or your your Bible. I will keep thy statutes or your, oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto thy or your, now watch this, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy, commandments or your thy word or your in other words my bible have i hid in mine heart that i might not sin against thee blessed art thou O lord teach me thy statutes or my my bible psalm 119 is 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 probably the the premier chapter in the bible in describing in, in developing and talking and teaching you about God's Word. The closest thing we have to heaven, the closest connection we have to God, 
the one thing that we can depend on without question, without a doubt whatsoever, is the inerrant Word of God. Say amen. So let's, let's, let's look at it here this evening. Lord, thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Thank you for the opportunity to come with a crowd full of people that's coming to learn and to grow. And, Lord, everybody's at different places. Everybody's at different levels in their Christian walk and their Christian life. And, God, I pray that you'll help us to take another step forward, take another step in our, our, our walk of discipleship and, and to grow and to learn and to know you better. And, God, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Write this down in, on the side. <clears throat> Write this down on the side of your notes before we jump into the notes. Um, what we're doing, what we're doing today, is is going into detail about what we're looking for when we read God's word. In other words, what is the, what what is the purpose of reading? Is it is it uh, uh, just so we can be spiritual? Is it so we can be religious? If we can know the rules. Uh, you know, what, what is it that we're actually doing when we read it? What are we supposed to be looking for? What are we supposed to be trying to find? Well, that's the whole lesson tonight is all about that. What we're looking for when we're looking in God's Word. We took a, uh, a, a devotional packet that we have. It's one of our discipleship programs that anybody can get involved in and, and take. Uh, we have A to Z. And it takes the ABCs of discipleship, A, the assurance of salvation, B, uh, baptism, C, church membership, D, the devotional life. Are y'all with me? You can go all the way from A to Z, and it's available to you if you'd like to know information about that. Uh, uh, see one of the staff members, and they'll help you with that. Well, we in the devotional packet, I, I looked it up this week because I remembered last week when I was putting the other stuff together, there was an acrostic that they used to help look for what you're, you're reading for and searching for in God's Word when you're reading it. We don't read it just to read it, right? We don't read it just to read it. We're not speed reading. We're not just trying to, you know, have our check in heaven. We're, we're, we're trying to get something from it. Well, they took the word spectacles, like your glasses, what you're seeing through, what you're looking for, and they broke that word down in an acrostic, and they showed you things that we're looking for. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to take that word, and I missed the, the letter T, so I'm going to just give it to you, and you can write it in later, amen? But one thing that I want to talk about before we get into that, before we get into that, is the Word of God itself. There are several places, and I mean, this is just, just a couple that I put together tonight, but there's so much that says about God's Word. One thing is it's creative. Write that word down somewhere, just wherever you can, put it on the side. You don't have to. Uh, it, the Word of God is creative. It has power. The Bible says the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It has power. It has ability. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In the beginning, in Genesis, it says, And the Lord God said, He said, Let there be. He spoke His Word. And guess what? When He said, Let there be, you know what? It was. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke the moon into existence. He spoke the sun into existence. He spoke the stars into existence. He spoke the earth and the dirt and the soil and the trees and the seed and the plants. Are y'all with me? He said, let it be, and it was. You know how he could do that? His word is creative. It has power. Now you say, why are you saying all that? Because when you read it, it will create in you. It will develop in you. It will create peace in you. It will create joy in you. It will build you from the inside out. That's where God's power works, from the inside out. We keep trying to change everybody from the outside in. Amen? His Word is creative. Why are we, why are we giving out you know, Bible reading plans? Why are we focusing a whole Bible lesson on how to study the Bible or how to read the Bible or what to look for in the Bible? Because you've got to understand, it's the closest thing we have to heaven, and it has power to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Amen? It's creative. Not only is it creative, look, <laughs> it also says it's comforting. It's comforting. Psalm 119.76 says, Let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. I tell you what, 
When I'm feeling, when I'm feeling frustrated, I can read, uh, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. When I'm in a financial bind, I can read, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. When I'm feeling lonely, I can read, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Somebody say amen. I can read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still. Are y'all with me? When, I, when I'm feeling a need, I can read God's word. And it's comforting. It's comforting. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself to where I am there you may be also. Y'all with me? If I have loved ones that's departed, if I have friends, if I have family that's already gone on to heaven, I can read, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to be with them in the clouds. Yeah. That's comforting. And by the way, my arm's better. I'm just afraid to use it. Say amen. So if I, if I get little, I'm just trying to fill it out. Amen. It's comforting. Man, God's word is comforting. It's creative. But listen, that's not all. That's not all. Psalms 119 tells us too. It's corrective. <clears throat> it's corrective. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. How many of y'all know God's word will get your attention? Listen, it's not only corrective, but it's convicting. It's convicting. Look what he tell, Paul tells Titus. He says, holding fast the faithful word. Use the scriptures, he says. Hold fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, that's the word of God, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Convince means to convict. You know what told me that I was a, you know what convinced me that I was a sinner? When I read the word and it said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what convinced me that I needed Jesus? It said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? It's convicting. It does stuff, man. It's powerful. It's not just a book. It's not just some literature. It's not just some words on paper. It's God's mind. It's his power word it's convicting it's cleansing it's cleansing psalm 119 9 wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed therefore according to thy word let me let me look up another i thought about one a while ago and i meant to print it out but i didn't john john 15 watch what it says <clears throat> It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now watch this. Now purge, purge, when he said taketh away, what that, 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 that farmer would do, there would be low-hanging vines. Those immature vines would hang low to the ground. And when they hang low to the ground, dirt would get on them. They would hang, hang close to the world. Y'all get that in a minute. When you're running close to the world, you have a chance to get dirty, right? But see, the, the vines are too, are too valuable to cut away because the way, the, the way the, 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 it's worded, it makes it seem like he just cuts them and throws them away. That's not what it means. It means to lift up. So what the, the vine owner would do, he would take a, a, a bucket of water and some, some cloth, and he would take that water, and he would wash those vines, and then he would tie them up away from the world. Now, now. Are y'all getting it? We're those vines. When we're immature, when we're running a little bit too close to the world, we have a tendency to get dirty. And when we get dirty, that dirt claws up the ability to bear fruit. And, and, and the vine owner will come and clean it up, clean it up. Y'all with me? I'm going somewhere. Now, how's he do that? How's he do that? Look what it says. Verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Preacher, I, I've, I've, I've just messed up. Preacher, I've just messed up, and I've asked God to forgive me, but, boy, I feel, I feel horrible. Well, get your Bible out. Get your Bible out and sit down and start reading your Bible because your Bible has a cleansing property. 
It has a cleansing ability. Say, preacher, I know God's forgiven me, but I still feel guilty. Well, get your Bible out and start reading it. And the more you read it, the more God's Word comes inside of you. And, the, and God's Word will wash you from the inside out. Somebody say amen. That's why we're doing this stuff. Here's the thing. I hope you understand the whole point of coming here tonight. It's not because we're supposed to. It's not because, it's not because you know, we got to do something while our kids are doing their thing because they like coming, they like, you know. That's not what it's about. Now, it is to some people, but here's the point. It's about, now, now, now remember these two words, and I need you to remember them forever and ever and ever. And every time you come, I want you to keep this in your head. When you walk through the doors, put this in your brain. It's about life change. Say it with me. It's about, everybody say it again. It's about, everybody in the balcony, say it real loud. It's about life change. I'm reading my Bible so it can change my I came to Christ so he could change my, are y'all with me? It wasn't just so I could make it to heaven. It wasn't just so I could have a trip to glory and escape hell. I want to change lives. Amen? So watch this. Watch this. Now look in your notes. Now look in your notes, all right? Look in your notes. Bible Christianity. Bible Christianity is not a creed. In other words, it's not a a, a paper with, okay, these are our beliefs. These are the rules that we follow. These are the do's and the don'ts. Now, we know it's not, and you know it because you've been going here long enough and you've heard me say it over and over and over again, but do you know how many people go to church every day and they think that's what Christianity is? It's knowing the do's and knowing the don'ts. And whoever whoever lives up best to the do's and the don'ts, that's the best Christian. But that's not, that ain't even Christianity. Matter of fact, they had such a problem living up to the do's and don'ts in the Old Testament, Jesus had to come and live it for us. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now stay with me. Don't don't check out on me. I know this is going to go against a lot of what y'all heard your whole life, but watch this. Bible Christianity is not a creed or set of beliefs, but a, everybody say it, but a, it's a person. It's a person. He's a human. He's the God human. He's the incarnate Son of God who came in human flesh. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not some mystical figure. He's not the figment of somebody's imagination. He's not just the thought of some religious person down the road who's tried to create some belief or some movement. He's a real human being. And he's all God. And he's all man. You say, explain that. I'll let him when we get there. He's the incarnate Son of God, the virgin-born Son of God. Christianity is about a relationship with a real person, not a list of do's and don'ts. Does that make sense? Say amen. So if we're going to do this right, we've got to know how to have that relationship. When we receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we receive Him as a real person in our heart and life. And although there are many things to learn about the Lord in the Christian life, we must never forget there is a personal relationship to be enjoyed and maintained. Enjoyed and maintained. I think we need to underline those two words. To be enjoyed and maintained. This relationship, this Christian walk, needs to be enjoyed and maintained. A lot of your fundamentalists need to get that first word. I've, I've known tons of Christians think the more miserable you are, the more relig- the more spiritual you are. That's not biblical. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. This is something we're supposed to enjoy, not endure. Now watch. Let me, let me. We are to endure suffering. We are to endure trials. We are to endure persecution but we're not supposed to be enduring our relationship. It is the enjoyment of our relationship that's going to get us through the persecution and the trials. How many of y'all, how many of y'all couples in here, how many of y'all couples in here are somewhat still in love? <laughs> Amen. You, you, uh, uh, you went through some hard trials in the beginning. You said, preach, all we had was love. 
But you know what? That's what it was that got you through it. So I don't know how he made it. It was probably your relationship. And you see, it's not, it, going through the trials of life and going through the difficulties of life and the persecutions of life, we're not going to do that by, by learning the rules better and, and hunkering down and, and doing it if it kills. No. It's going to be by developing a closeness with Christ because it's going to be through His presence and His power that gives us the ability to conquer the persecution and the difficulties we're going through. Does that make sense? So that's what we got to learn to do. That's what this whole devotional life is. It's not just another rule. Oh, and now i got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and read my Bible. Another No, no. I'm trying to teach you how to get to know Him. I'm trying to teach you how to get to know Him and get to know Him well because He's the only thing that's going to get us through this crazy world we're living in. Amen? Now watch. <clears throat> we are here. <clears throat> we are here. To enjoy and maintain. Now we talked about enjoy, but maintain is a key. How many of y'all know? How many of y'all know? Uh, see how I word this. If you don't maintain a relationship, it's not going to work. I have seen people that were totally, one hundred percent, deliriously, nauseatingly, head over heels in love with each other just crazy about each other would walk on water for each other walk through fire walk over mountains and cross rivers and and then over time get busy get children get jobs get careers and and don't spend time maintaining the relationship and then wake up one day and say who are you you know why because relationships don't maintain themselves they're not automatic you don't get it rolling and it takes care of itself. It has to be maintained. Every every counselor, every marriage counselor will tell you, you have to keep dating. If you want a great relationship, you have to keep dating. You have to keep doing the things you did to get each other, to keep each other. Now here's the point. We have to maintain a relationship with Jesus. Now let me clarify this. So everybody's looking like... You don't have to maintain to stay saved. Because let me give you a little flash, just, just a little flash of information. You didn't do anything to save you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, for by grace you saved through faith and not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus did the saving. You're not doing anything to get saved. But place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not of works, not anything we can do to get saved. So, preacher, what are you saying? I'm talking about maintaining a close, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ where you can know Him more and more and more every day. It takes effort. One of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever heard a marriage counselor say, he said the secret to, the secret to marriage is not love, it's effort. And he's right. Because sometimes you're not going to feel in love. But every day of your life, you have to make an, an effort. Amen? Now watch. Let's keep on. We'll get to the points. I know there's a lot of them, but I'll go fast through it. Uh, <clears throat> don't act like y'all don't believe that. Y'all a bunch of heathens in this place. All right. Listen here. Personal relationships are maintained by... I'm on, okay, uh, come on, people. They're maintained by communication. That's what the devotional life is. It's us talking to God through prayer and God talking to us through His Word, okay? The deeper the sharing, the deeper and stronger will be the relationship. Every Christian needs a relationship with God. This is accomplished through a daily walk with his Lord, and it enables him to, uh, uh, to enjoy all that God has in store. Now, look at, look at what I put. I put James 1.22 here, and, and I did it for a reason. Too many of us, we come and hear the word, but that's as far as we get with it. And even, even, even when we just read our Bible, that's as far as we get to it. We get information. But watch what James says about it. James 1.22. <clears throat> but be ye doers of the word. Say that with me. But be ye. But be ye. And not. 
hears only. Don't just, don't just listen to it. Don't just read it and assent to it. He says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's God's word, and continueth therein, that means you, 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 you behave, you obey it, you, you act upon it, you apply it to your life. He being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So, here's the thing. We said that we come into this house to hear the word of God. Now, now, why, why do we want to hear the word of God? For life change. Amen? Say that with me. For. Okay, if we're going to hear the word of God to get life change, a changed life, then we have to start doing the word. Doing the word. Now, you, I know what some of y'all are thinking. Preacher, we've heard this before. I know we're supposed to do it. All right, what are you supposed to do? Well, we're supposed to do what the Bible says. Okay, what does the Bible say? When's the last time you read something the Bible said and you went out and did it? Don't answer. I just want you to think a minute. Now, we're supposed to be doers of the Word, right? How many times have we read it and didn't do it? Come on, boy, there's some lying going on in here. All right, guess what? We're going to take our spectacles out. We're going to take our spectacles out. And we're going to look in God's Word and see what we're supposed to be finding so we can... Some of us get it. So we can do it. Guess what? Every word we cover, we will be able to so that we can be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, man, did I come here for this tonight? I promise you this. If you get this, if you get this and you start applying it, it will dramatically change your life. Dramatically. Things you struggled with before, you won't struggle with anymore. Things you fought with before, you'll think, you'll think the enemy went away, but the enemy never went anywhere. You just got better, and you got stronger, and you got more mature, and God put something in you and starts developing something in you, and you think, these weights must have gotten lighter. No, they didn't. You just got stronger, and it will change your life. So let's start with the first one. When we start reading God's Word, we open the Bible, let's start looking for stuff. Let's start looking for stuff. What are we looking for when you're reading your bible when you're reading your bible this will help you take a, a notepad and a pen and just write some things some people like to keep journals some people like to keep devotionals whatever but just write down what you see when you're reading your bible write out a scriptural insight from your reading this may be something new that you learn or maybe something god has just impressed upon your heart this insight doesn't need to come from the entire passage you read. It just might come from one verse or a phrase within a verse. Now, let's look for these things when we're reading. Number one, let's look for sins to confess. When we're reading the Bible, and by the way, let's say, let's say we, we're reading one chapter in the book of John. All of these things that we're going to cover tonight may not be in that one chapter. But as you're reading in your personal time, your intimate time with God. Now, remember, prayer, watch this, guys. Prayer is us talking to Bible. When we read the Bible, is God talking to? Does that make sense? Now, how many of y'all know God knows what you need? How many of y'all know he's the doctor that doesn't have to ask, what's the problem? He doesn't have to ask for symptoms. When you sit down before the Lord, he doesn't say, what seems to be the problem? He, doesn't, he already knows what the issue is. And before you ever sit down, he's fixing to talk to you about it. In your greatest need, he will reveal to you in his word. So when you're reading, when you're reading, there may be somewhere that you see, uh-oh, I got an issue right there. Now I want you to do me a favor. Turn with me to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. 
I'll show you what happened when Ezra chapter 8. That's in the Old Testament, by the way. <clears throat> they are gathering the people together. <clears throat> they have, have been so long without following God's law. They're rebuilding, starting over, trying to get things back the way they were. In Nehemiah chapter 8, Ezra, the scribe, the priest, <clears throat> the man of God, the preacher, said, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street, that was before the water gate, and they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Now, that, that needs to be the title. We need to bring the book. Say amen. <clears throat> and Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women. So let's, let's just put the Bible there. They brought the Bible out. And all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. What did he do? He read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Oh, and y'all can't handle an hour. He read from the morning to the midday. And by the way, by the way, when he broke out reading, they stood up. They respected and reverenced God's holy word. To the point that, man, when he started reading, they all stood up. The whole time he was reading and explaining. Are y'all with me? Let's keep on. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive under the book of the law. What were they doing? They were paying attention. Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. Now, this is not a pulpit like we have, like what we call this here. It was just a, a platform of wood that he would stand upon so everybody could see. Now, now all these <laughs> gentlemen, I'm not even going to try to say all their names. That was his associates. Amen. Now, here's what they did. It says in verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people... And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered. There was two of them. Okay, all right. With lifting up their hands. Lifting up their hands. Amen. Amen. And they, now, now remember, the word amen means truly, truly. So basically, when you say amen in the church, when the preacher's preaching, you say amen. What you're saying, that's right. Y'all with me? You're sinning. You're telling the truth. Amen. All right. That's right. That's right. All right. And they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Then all of his assistants, in verse number 7, they gathered around all the people, and they caused the people to understand the law. In other words, Ezra, the man of God, stood, and he read it before all the people. And then it was almost like small groups. All of his assistants went amongst the people and helped them understand and, be, and was explaining to them the word of God. Does that make sense? Now watch. Watch what happens. This is, this is the point I'm trying to make right here. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly. Aren't you glad that they made it where they could understand it? And they gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is of Tertius, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For, watch this. Here it is. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. What happened? When they read God's word, God's word convicted them of all that had happened and taken place that caused them to go into captivity. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There'll be times in your life when you're sitting in your car, when you're sitting in your living room, when you're sitting in your, your special place, your holy place, that place of your, your devotion, and you're going to read something, and God's going to reveal to you something in your life that you need to stop. God's going God's to reveal an attitude that you have. God's going to reveal a grudge that you have. God's going to reveal an unforgiving spirit. Somebody's done something to you and hurt you and wounded you, and you have not forgiven them, and you're holding that, and, you're, and God's going to say, stop it. And when we read God's Word, there'll be times that He'll reveal to us sins, sins that we need to confess. And guess what we do, guys? We're not to be a... Come on, guys. We're not to be a... But a... 
So when God reveals that sin, guess what we got to do? Confess it and forsake it. Say that with me. And by the way, if that sin is against someone else, you got to go make it right. Why? Because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Well, preacher, how do I know if I've got something in my life? Just read it. Because when you read it, it will reveal and it will uncover things in our life. Are, are y'all with me? Okay, so what are we looking for when we read God's word? There will be sins to confess. Now remember, remember what I said. This is not, all of these are not in every verse or every chapter of the Bible. You may read today and, and learn of a sin that you need to deal with. Well, deal with it that day, and you're done. All right? Uh, you, you may be reading one day, and in, in, in the second one, promises to claim. Write that word down. Promises to claim. That may be the day that you just need to hear a promise from God. So how will I know what I need? You don't. He does. You see, that's why this is so cool. God knows you. God knows every hair on your head, and we're all different. Brother Bird, what you need this morning may not be what I needed. God may be convicting me and encouraging you because that's what you needed. We have a personal God. We have a personal God. Are y'all with me? He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows us better than our spouse knows us. He knows everything about us. And when we open the Word, He's going to talk to our need. Amen? Man, this is bigger than what I think y'all are understanding. <clears throat> this is how God works. Sometimes there will be sins that we need to deal with, sins we need to confess. Sometimes there's promises to claim. Promises like, I will supply all of your needs. Promises like, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm telling you, there's been times in my life where I was discouraged and I was down, and I just needed to know that God was going to be there. And I would read a verse, and when I read that verse, it just comforted my heart and told me, God's promise is real. What do you do? Write it down. Write it down. Because throughout that day, when the devil comes to mess with you, you say, whoa, wait a minute, I read this morning, God's got this. You say, what are you doing? You're fighting an enemy. You remember? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, roams about seeking whom he may devour. He's an enemy that's a liar, and the only way to defeat a lie is truth, and you get to quote the truth back to him. How did Jesus defeat the devil? With the word? you get me? Every time the devil came, he said, it is written. He didn't flick him off the planet. Which would have been my preference? Say amen. He didn't do that. He lived his life how we have to live ours. I couldn't flick the devil off the planet. You couldn't flick the devil off the planet, but I got a Bible. And you got a Bible. So Jesus took what you and I have and defeated the devil with the same thing that's sitting in your lap. All three times. It is written. It is written. It is written. Even when the devil tried to trip him up and tried to quote the word to the word, the word quoted the back and said, it is also written. Say amen. We're not learning this stuff just so we can say we are Bible scholars. We're learning it because we need a weapon. The Word of God is the only offensive weapon that we have. And it is not the sword of the saint, it's the sword of the Spirit. It's our job to put it in the holster so the Holy Ghost can pull it out when it's needed. Say amen. Don't go into a fight with an unloaded gun. Put some bullets in there. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. All right. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Ain't God good. He sure is. All right. Sins. <laughs> Woo. Sins to confess. Promises to claim. You know, I, for the life of me, I don't know why anyone would not want to come to Wednesday night Bible study. I just, I just don't in my life. I'll never get it. Amen. Sins to confess. Promises to claim. Watch this now. We'll see this in God's Word. Examples to follow. 
examples to follow. Ooh, we got to hurry. <laughs> Y'all are just listening way too slow. Here's here's the here's the example. I, I was I was trying to okay, I was putting these things out and I was trying to find a verse that would go and fit with with the deal and 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 I couldn't help but go back to David when David was stressed to the max. You remember when he was they were they were thinking about stoning him and and it's in your notes but just just for sake of time they had come back to Ziklag. They'd burned Ziklag with fire. They kidnapped all their wives and their children and all that. And they're thinking about stoning him. And I mean, he's just at this crazy time. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's wanting to kill him. He's just stressed to the max. And this is what he said. Bring me the ephod. Bring me. You say, preacher, what's that got to do with the point? He gave us an example of what to do when we're wigging out is go to God. When you can't go to your friends, when you can't go to your circumstances, when you can't go to your parents, when you can't go to your children, when you can't go to your preacher, just go to God. When you're feeling frustrated and you're ready to give up, when you feel like you can't make it another moment, when you feel like you can't take another, just not one single thing, God, I can't take no more, bring me the ephod. What do we learn from that? An example. How many times do we see Bible characters what do we do when we're, we're being threatened? Here's, a, here's another good one. They take Peter and the disciples there and they beat him. And they say, don't preach in his name anymore. Don't preach in his name anymore. They don't care about preaching. Don't preach in Jesus' name. What did they do? They went back to the church, got everybody together. They didn't take a poll. And they didn't say, hey, let's march on Washington. They prayed. And they went before God, and they said, give us boldness. They didn't say, take the problem away. They didn't say, make it easier on us. They didn't say, listen, make this thing easier. They said, make us stronger. That's a great example to follow. And see, you could be, you could be in your daily devotion. All of a sudden, you wake up, you're reading your Bible. All of a sudden, you see what they did. Guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? Uh, newsflash, newsflash. Y'all ready for this newsflash? Guess what? You're going to face something like that. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, y'all remember what y'all read this morning? Y'all remember what Peter and John did? You remember what, you remember what David did? I think that'd be a good thing for you to do right now. Y'all with me? How about David when he was confronted with his sin with Bathsheba? Psalm 51 is, is David's getting right chapter. How many of y'all know David had worse problems than Saul? Crazy as old Saul was, David had issues, man. David had women issues. He had issues. He just had issues. But there was something different about David and Saul. Saul was prideful, and he tried to cover his. When David was confronted, he confessed it and got it. Son, David, if there was anything about David that we could take and use, is he knew how to get right with God. He said, he said, according to thy loving kindness, purge me with the hyssop. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this iniquity. My sin and my iniquity is ever before me. Boy, he knew how to get right with God. What do we learn from that? We learn a great example. Listen, when you mess up and you fall and you hit your face on the floor, don't try to hide it and be prideful like Saul. Get like David and just go to God and plead his mercy. What do we learn out of reading God's word? Great example to follow. Amen? Let's go to that next one. Let's go to that next one. Sins to confess. Say it with me. Number one, sins to confess. Say it with me. Number one. All right, what are we looking in the Bible? Number two, we're looking for. All right, number three, we're looking for. All right, then number, number four, we're looking for commands to obey. Commands to obey. All right. Guess what? We're reading. Happened to be in John 13. Happened to be in John 13, and we're reading. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Guess what that is? That is called a, help me, that is called a, you know what that means? After I read that, you know what I got I to gotta, I gotta be? Not a hearer, but a, I got to go love somebody. 
usually the one he's going to ask me to love is that one I want to y'all feel <laughs> now let me explain that it's not that God has a great sense of humor that he will tell you to go love somebody and the one he tells you to go love is the biggest pain in the neck that's there ever been why would God do that? Because, see, this is the deal. God loves everybody. And God wants us to be just like him. So he's not going to call you to love the person that's lovable. Right? I mean, there's people in, in the world. There's, I mean, who don't love Tim Tebow? I mean, come on, people. I mean, I, I wish there was like four of them that I could give. You know, I just he's just a lovable guy. But that's not the one God's going to call you to love. It's not the one that's helping people, not the one that's encouraging. It's not the one that, and, and y'all pick it out. Whatever person y'all think is, is the most lovable person, that's not going to be. It's going to be your neighbor that keeps getting on your nerves. It's going to be the one at work that's talking about you. But guess what? It's a command. So as we read it, as we read it, we got to watch this. Y'all, y'all, y'all like that one too much. Let me, let me, let's look at this other verse. Watch this one. First Thessalonians five twenty two. First Thessalonians five twenty two. Abstain from all appearance of evil. That's a command. That's a command. So preacher, I don't think it's all that big a deal. It's not that. Does it look evil? I didn't write it. He did. Amen? Y'all like that one less than the first one. Amen. Let's try this one. James 1.19. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That's a command. That's a command. He said, don't just read it. Don't just read it. Apply it. Apply it. Do it. All right? Write this down. This, add this one. Squeeze this one in. This, this was that typo. I, I don't know how I left it out, but I left it out. All right, it's, this, this would be five. It would, now it's going to mess up your numbers, but just slide this in there. We need to look for a truth to rejoice in. A truth to rejoice in. It may not be a sin to confess. It may not be a, a promise. It may not be a command. It may be just something that blesses your heart. Something that blesses your heart. There's been times I've read the Bible, and it's just tickled the fire out of me just to know that God cares about the people that don't even care about themselves. Amen? It's just something that stands out to you. And, and here's the thing. I know most of y'all make fun every time you go to life group. You make fun of that first question. What stood out? I know I hear it all the time. <laughs> Aha, he put that in there again, you know. And, and the whole point of that question is so you will think. So you will think what stands out. In other words, it will get you to listen for God to tell you something. You're not coming just to be entertained. You're not coming to see how much I can sweat or how much I can spit to the third row. You're coming so God can talk to you. But you know what I found out about God talking to us? You won't hear him if you're not listening for it. So what stood out? Because usually what stands out is what he's trying to tell you. I've had people leave the, I'm telling you, this is a God's truth. I've had people leave the building, shake my hand. said, preacher, I tell you what, when you said that about such and such, that just, boy, I really need that. And I went back and looked, and I never said that. I checked the video because I said, that wasn't in my notes. But you know what? God has the unbelievable ability to take words from my mouth before they get to your ear and give you exactly what you need to hear. Amen? So a truth to rejoice in. Hurry, 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 hurry. Good gracious, we've got a minute per point. <clears throat> All right, the next one, a verse to memorize. A verse to memorize. Now, I know this is not popular. I know this is not popular. This is not popular because this requires work. But it doesn't require as much work as you think if you just make a little effort. You say, why is it important to memorize? Thy word have I hid in my heart 
that I might not sin against thee. Let me, here's a perfect illustration. How many of y'all been watching me preach and, 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 and I'll be talking about a point and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will bring verses to my mind and I start quoting scripture. Do y'all feel that? I mean, do you feel the presence of God and the power of his quoted word? I can tell you whatever I think all I want, but it don't have the power when I start saying, and and I start quoting the word, man, there's power there. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Listen, you may come across a verse. I can remember, I can remember. I, I, I got to say this, though. I can remember the first verse that I memorized because I wanted to. And some of y'all are not going to get this or understand this. But I grew up a preacher's kid. And I grew up in Christian school. And I'm talking about we had to memorize. It wasn't fun to me. And I wasn't memorizing it then because I love Jesus. And I, trust me, I, 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 are y'all getting what I'm saying? I don't want to try to sound like the antichrist or nothing but i'm just saying that i I, it wasn't because i wanted to i had to i was supposed to i'd get a bad grade if i didn't if i got a bad grade i'd get a behind whooping when i got home are y'all with me so the motivation to 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 memorize god's word was not but i remember i I can remember the first verse that i memorized because i wanted to it was god is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble and i memorized that because when i read it thought I need that I need that I was way away from home I was lonely I was just homesick and I thought I need to keep that in my head because I need that I need that and listen when you're reading your Bible you're going to read a verse that you're going to just man I need that write it down Write it down on a, on a three-by-five card and keep it and just read it every now and then. If you read it three or four times a day for about five days in a row, I promise you, you'll memorize it. Memorizing is not as hard as we make it out to be. There's a tear in my... All y'all are so spiritual. You went... All my exes live in where? See, y'all memorize that. And I'm, I'm being a little funny, but you get the point. It's not as hard as we make it out to be. We can do this, and we need to do this. Amen? All right. Challenges to faith. Challenges to faith. What is a challenge? Did Peter not tell us, be careful, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion. He roams about seeking whom he may devour. What's going to happen is you're going to read a verse, and, and, and it's going to, especially in Proverbs. Man, there is, there is you see wisdom coming from a father to a son, and, and, and the, the wisdom of a man telling, listen, you better be careful. There's women out there. And you could do the opposite sex. It just goes both ways. I'm not, I'm not anti-women. I love everybody. Amen. The point is, is there's temptation out there. And there's a challenge. Be careful. Be careful with your eyes. Be careful about them second looks. Be careful tarrying long. Are y'all with me? And there's challenges that you'll read in the Bible. You'll read that and say, ooh, I need to, be, I need to, I need to, mm. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How's he going to deliver us from evil? He's going to challenge you when you read God's word. He's going to warn you before it ever makes it there. Amen? All right, next one. Lessons about God. Lessons about God. When we read the Bible, we'll learn some stuff about God. Hey, we learned some stuff Sunday, didn't we? What did we learn? If I go back, there he is. If I go forward, there he is. Where shall I go where he's not? I don't know about y'all, but that cranked my tractor. What I do? I read the Bible. I read the Bible, and I learned something about God. I learned that I cannot go anywhere that he is not. I will not go anywhere that he's not already there waiting on me to get there, and he's done scouted the trail and got everything ready. I need a witness. You know what? There's also something we learned about God. 
when we read our Bible. We read over there in 1 John that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we walk with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We can't fellowship with Him and walk in the dark. Matter of fact, we can't fellowship with Him and walk in the shade. What do we do? We've read our Bible and we learn something about God. That He's holy and He's righteous and He's pure. And there's four beasts around the throne crying day and night, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And everybody wants to talk about His grace. Everybody wants to talk about His mercy. Everybody wants to talk about His love. But it doesn't say that. They're bragging about His holiness and His purity. Amen? The next one. Errors to avoid. Errors to avoid. That's self-explanatory. I put in there the example for that is Genesis 16. What is an error we can avoid? It tells the story of Sarah and Abraham getting in a hurry and not waiting on God. God gave them a promise that they was going to have a child. Well, how many of y'all know God, God's got his own timetable? How many of y'all are... are <laughs> How many of y'all are aggravated when you're in a hurry and he's not? How many of y'all know his timetable is always right? Well, guess what? They mess everything up. You know all the fighting we got in the Middle East right now? It's because of this error that they did not avoid. So what do I learn when I read this about Abraham and Sarah and Ishmael and, and Hagar? This is what I learned. Wait on God. Don't get impatient. God's got a plan. He's right. Amen? All right, lastly, quickly, quickly, quickly. Supplications to express. In other words, when you're reading God's Word, you'll learn something you need to pray. What did I put here? James 1, 5. Watch this. If any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of a sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now watch this. Stay with me. Stay with me. I know we're behind schedule, but watch. Several of you, several of you have been in my office for counseling. And, and, and nobody raise hands. Nobody say nothing. Don't matter. I know all of y'all. Y'all are all crooked. Say amen. <clears throat> you either have been in my office or should be in my office. Are y'all with me? We, we, got, we all got issues. Amen. But for those of you who have been there, the times you have, if you'll remember this and look back, this happens every single time. Before we start, I'll pray and I'll say, Lord, we need wisdom. God, give us wisdom to know what to do. Give us wisdom to know what to say. Give us wisdom to know what decisions to make. Give us wisdom to, to be able to solve this problem that we're dealing with today. Why? Because I read in my Bible that God said, if we need wisdom, to ask him for it. So how, how did I know to do that? Because I read my Bible. And in my Bible, he said, if you need wisdom, ask him. And if you need him, he'll give it to you. God is my witness. There's been times that I've been sitting in my office telling somebody something, and the words coming out of my mouth have never been in my brain before. And I'm thinking, man, that's good. And I know it wasn't me. I know, I didn't read that in the book nowhere. I didn't get that out of a conference. They didn't teach me that at Bible college. But all of a sudden, something came out of my mouth that I knew came from heaven. You know why? Because God answered my prayer. You know why? Because his Bible can't lie. Boy. Mm. All right, look. Here's what I got. Here's what I got. Some things that help us with, with Bible reading is, is having a Bible plan to follow. All right, Where, where's Dustin at? Dustin, you in the house? Is anybody that knows anything in the house? Dustin or any staff member? Do I have a staff member that's not? We're firing them all tonight. <laughs> if y'all are out there watching on the TV, I need an answer. All right, here's what I got. I'm telling you, they all fired tonight. It's over with. Unemployment line tomorrow. All right. Here's what I've got. Here's what I've got. Uh, we have that, that devotional packet I was telling you all about, the D packet, which goes into detail. It goes into detail about how to have, and it goes into more detail than I went last week and this week, okay? And, uh, 
and, and we were supposed to have some of them printed off. Uh, it didn't happen the way I'd planned it, but we, we will have them. If you would like that, if you would like that, please please let us know, and we're going to print some off for you next week. But we do have these. I think I print off 300 of these. If you want one of these, it's just a basic Bible reading plan. Start with number one. Read Genesis 1, Matthew 1. And this plan helps you read through the Old Testament and the New Testament at the same time. Does that make sense? They're out there. If you'd like them, they'll be at 411. And, uh, and uh, if they don't have the if they don't have the D packets quite ready yet, because they're like five, six, seven pages, it took a little bit more to, to print them. But we, w- we will have them for you if you would like them. If you'd like them, and all you got to do is go through it, fill in the blanks, and it's a really great study to have just for your own personal use. Okay? Does that make sense? Amen? Well, let's pray and uh, ask God's mercy on that staff for tomorrow. All right? Lord, thank